Today on the show, we're talking about the financial cost of having kids. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm joined here today with Trevor. Thank you so much for being with us. And today we are talking about if you can put a financial cost on having kids. But before we jump into that, I just want to bring up again, Minimalism May. We are 15 days in as of Monday. And we hope you have had a chance to head over to livelifesimple.ca to download your Minimalism May calendar that you can record what you're doing each day to contribute to our 31 days of Minimalism May. So Trevor, what have you done to get yourself involved in Minimalism May? Have you, have you been using the calendar and what have you been doing um, to incorporate Minimalism May into your life this month? Yeah, I've been challenging myself. I've got, uh, like I mentioned in the last, last episode, I'm working on my garage. So it's, it's springtime and uh, we're long weekend coming up next weekend. There's going to be a lot of yard sales. So I'm getting stuff ready to have a yard sale. So that's going to help get rid of things as well. And I just moved into a new apartment. So I was, that's always a good time to clear out what you didn't realize you had and get rid of what you probably don't need to hold on to. So I had a good opportunity to do that. But I, I think I'm still finding ways that I can remove unnecessary clutter, unnecessary things from my life. So, and even the the minimalists, if anyone, any of any of your listeners listen to the minimalists, they still have, they can still do this. They can still take on the minimalism challenges and rid themselves of, of things they don't need over the course of the month. So this month we're really pushing you to, to really get involved in, in the process of minimalizing things that you don't add value to your life. And if, if we are 14 days in, so if you want to instead start next month, I will be posting a blank calendar where you can just pick up and use it for whatever month you want to do this on and challenge your friends, challenge your family and just, just participate in this because it's definitely a value. You know, one thing I'll say is sometimes, you know, I'll I'll put on my calendar that I'm going to, you know, minimalize some aspect of my home. And when that day comes and I, I go out to do it and I'm, I'm, you know, not paralysis by analysis. I can't decide what, you know, should I get rid of this? Should I not? Sometimes if you just, you don't have the right mindset, sometimes you just have to walk away and, and put it away for, you know, put that challenge away for another day. Sometimes, sometimes you, you just need to be in the right frame of mind to do it. Definitely. And on that point, sometimes it's easier to just walk into that one room and get rid of that one thing instead of look at the whole room and the monstrosity of things that probably you need to get rid of. So it might be easier just bite by bite pieces to really get inspired. And you know what? I, I even spent when I was I went home to see my family and we junked out our entire basement. So it, when, when you start doing a, something, a little bit of something, you, you kind of just keep going and going. So hopefully Minimalism May will inspire you to to take on that the mindset of decluttering your life from things that don't bring value to your life. So Trevor, that's Minimalism May. Again, all the details are up at livelifesimple.ca. We'll have our website in the show notes too in, in case you want to click on that and head over there. But for now, let's get into today's episode. So it's, it's obvious. Having kids there's a financial cost to it. I mean, that's no secret. That's it's, it's apparent. Everyone, everyone can clearly see that. But today we're going to ask a question to both your listeners and between Trevor and I, and and we're going to pose the question to each other. Can you even put a price tag on having kids? Yeah, it definitely, there's a cost to having children without question. But if you, 
applied math to having kids, the human race would no longer exist today. So that right there is kind of the the mentality that has been driven into everyone's minds. And I, we think this is such a unique topic to cover this week because, I mean, I'm a millennial, Trevor's a Gen Y, and we have two different vast perspectives. I mean, Trevor has three kids. He's had a family. His kids are raised. And meanwhile, I am I'm in my 20s. I don't have a family. And we really come from very two diverse backgrounds in, in, in the stage of life that we're at. So this question, I think, is something that... It, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a little controversial I guess and and it's something I've actually had questions with um with my own peers and I don't know about any of you or listeners out there but I guess I'll just lead into this by saying there there's always been a push on wanting on on, on you having kids Trevor has that been something that has been pushed on you was pushed on you back when you were my age Well, I know uh, before I decided I wanted to have a family, I would get a lot of people asking me in my mid-20s, you know, any thought on on having kids. So older people would, 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 I wouldn't say pressure me, but they would certainly raise the question often enough to make you think about it. But I can honestly say that I had zero interest in having children when I was in my 20s. But a, 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 a switch flipped in my late 20s, and I, I can't apply any logic to it. And I want to get back to that. We're going to get to that point of that switch flipping in your head in a few moments. But I I want to preface this episode by saying I at the, at the age I'm at, I don't at this stage of my life want see myself having kids. I mean, I I definitely it, it's on it's not off the table, but it's certainly not on the table. So this this episode is dedicated to Trevor and I really looking at. this 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 topic from two different perspectives because if you're anything like me if you're if you're a listener and you're anything like me and you feel that that pressure from society or that pressure from again maybe family or to have children this is this is an episode we're going to look at it a little bit logically and and just really go over what what encompasses this subject so Trevor let's let's start with you and how you got to the point where you started a family. So a little bit of your background. So just why your did your decision to get married impact the fact that you had kids? No, no. I, I when I got married I, I still had no interest in having kids. None at all. It was it was I mean, I, I never said I was never gonna have kids, but I, I never said, gee, I, I I can't wait to start a family. So Getting married was completely independent of, of the the idea of starting a family. Um, how old were you approximately when you got married? Wow, I guess I should know, right? That's something I should really know. I'm <laughs> but you were you, you're in your mid twenties. I was twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. And did did getting married? It, it, there's these, and I actually want to talk about this before I really get into this question, but. As someone my at my age, you really and maybe this is something that you saw too, but there's this and I think that's what my generation is breaking and hopefully what this podcast is breaking too, the whole the whole idea that there's these sequential steps that you must follow, says society. You go to school, you get married, you have a family, and then there's the car, the house, and all the little things in there that society deems you should have. So did you feel like having kids were the was the required next step and was this 
a sequential process really really there when when you were my age well i think when you're young and starting out you you hit these plateaus you know that you you're striving for like get a you know graduate high school get a post-secondary education you know get that first job maybe buy your first car uh, get married buy your first home these are all plateaus these are all things that indicators that you're moving forward in life at least that's how i i use them as looking back i i think i placed way too much emphasis on on getting that first home i i think that that was a very materialistic sort of point of view but I think they're plateaus and indicators that your life is moving in a, in a particular direction. But did you feel that in order to go to the next step, whatever that was in your mind, that you needed to start a family before the next thing could happen? Well, our society is somewhat dictated that in order to, to start a family, you you need to be married first. I'm not, I'm not going to pass judgment on anybody that, that does anything different, but our North American society has certainly made that quite clear that that that's an acceptable uh, behavior or plan of attack and having children out of wedlock it is common but I mean it in some circles it's I guess frowned upon I, I certainly wouldn't pass judgment on it and no there's there's absolutely I don't think there's anything wrong with having kids when you're not married I mean that you see people who never get married the, the norms are changing so fast in that in that marriage is not as commonplace as it even was, at least from, from the circles that I'm surrounded by. People just are partners or they stay in, in a relationship without getting married and, and having kids without that, without marriage. So I think that the sense, that sense of tradition is really evolving and the sense of acceptance around that is really evolving. Well, when I, I was, when I was in my 20s, the term life partner didn't exist. So what was it called instead? Well, I mean, you were just, you were dating or you were married. Okay, so okay, so the the whole idea of partnership without being married wasn't there, and I think I think that really shows how far um, things are progressing. Which which leads me next question about the plateaus. I I think the idea of having certain quote unquote plateaus to reach is completely a societal driven, and like we talk about. Sometimes we are not even going to own a home for for half our life, or maybe if ever. So I think creating these plateaus that your generation followed and trying to impose them on our generation is is kind of crazy. Well, going against the grain of of our society is a very challenging endeavor. If like owning a home, it seems like a burden, particularly at your age, and I thought so too. But it's a great wealth building tool, and without our our society is you you have to be very creative to build that same kind of wealth without a home in our society so i'm not saying everyone has to own a home but if you're not if you want to retire in any form of comfort you need a wealth building tool like a home an investment like that and and, and on the i just want to say on marriage i, I don't know that marriage is 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 uh, a, a fading trend if, if anything, it's gaining popularity with same-sex marriage laws being changed here in Canada. I mean, that, that there's a lot of people that were lobbying for that. So marriage is important to uh, a lot of people. So I, I think it's still a, a plateau people are seeking. Oh, I completely agree. I just definitely do not want to undermine how um, marriage is not a re- requirement of having kids, at least it deemed, it deemed okay in today's society. 
I, I do agree with with the with the idea that and the idea that having a home is so important for the wealth building aspect, but I really think with the way society is being shaped and the way um, like millennials are thinking that we are thinking a little bit more alternatively and we are doing things a little bit differently and at a slower pace. So that home ownership is not as important as other things in an individual's life where as home ownership maybe in previous generations was the 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 literal landmark of success. Well, you're definitely, millennials are growing up in a different environment than I did and so they need to apply different strategies to succeed. Obviously, buying a home was beneficial for me. I think somebody buying a home in Canada's booming housing market right now would be disastrous. So you... You do need to be able to um, be adaptable to the environment around you and not f- not just follow the generation before you without even giving any thought to how things may have changed. Oh, for sure, because following the generation before you, and, and that's why it's, in some senses, following really following your parents' footsteps is, is a little bit dangerous because the economic times have changed so drastically um, with the housing market and with the financial situation. Of, of everything else so it's important in some ways not to follow your parents footsteps and and to try to lead their life is just it, it's gonna it may hurt you in the long run yeah the economics right now just with with the part-time job economy that millennials are faced with and the astronomical cost of houses and, and I, tr- I i believe the cost of transportation has gone up dramatically as well compared to when i was in my 20s all those things added together I mean, it, it, the landscape is completely different. Oh, for sure. So I think we definitely need to take that in consideration during uh, during this uh, co- this episode. I do want to move on to you said earlier the there was an age or a time when having the, the idea of having kids just clicked with you. So I want to discuss the variables that kind of fall under when that happens. So let's I, let's let's talk about your gender. Do you think um, was it, your gender? Was your wife as on board as you were? Were your peers who were the same age as you in your gender, were they feeling the same way or was that very personal for you? Um, I was definitely, among my friends, we were the first ones to have kids. But soon after, I mean, our friends, all our other friends started having kids. So it's definitely a switch that flips. I mean, I can't explain it. Uh, Certainly, I I don't regret ever doing that. And the older I get, the I actually wish I would have started a family sooner. So I, not not that I'm too old for the age of my kids now. I just think I I would have had more energy and maybe enjoyed uh, that young family even more. So I find this concept so fascinating, and I'm sure but, but all. But I, I want to say that it's there's a trade-off because there's a financial aspect. You know, we wanted to make sure we we had our financial house somewhat in order. I mean, you're never. I mean, if you waited till you were completely ready to afford children, you'd never have them. But we wanted to get, you know, into a, a home so we had a stable environment to raise our children in. And um, we wanted to make sure our jobs were pretty solid, like they were stable and we weren't, you know, we weren't in flux. So we did have those plateaus we wanted to, to reach before we had a family. But, I mean, when you have that, when you reach that plateau, it, it just seemed like a, a natural evolution. Definitely. And I want to talk more about that aspect of it in a few moments. But now I just want to note that for all of our listeners who are parents out there who are listening, that I'm sure most of you, all of you understand Trevor's 
Trevor's analogy of when the light but light switch just flipped inside of him and he he wanted a family but for anyone in my situation who cannot fathom that idea and th- and thinks about it more logically i think that's i mean and that's really the root of this episode is just that that light switch has not flipped off inside of me and 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 for any of our millennials i think it's important to realize that it's okay if it hasn't and, and Trevor, I'm going to go as far to say is it's okay if it doesn't. Oh, definitely. I mean, I remember in my 20s, I have an older brother, and he had a, when he had his, his daughter, I remember, you know, th- feeling bad for him, you know, thinking, oh, oh my God, you know, it's <laughs> life as you know it is over, right? And, but now looking back, I mean, life is just beginning at that point, really. But I, I remember feeling really, you know, sad for him at, at one point. Definitely. And that's honestly how I think about it as well. Um, Did your, so did your friends, family, parents impact your decision to have kids? And what was the impact of your, your wife as well and her desire to have kids? How did all of that, that kind of come together? Well, we're of a similar age. So I think the switch kind of went off at the same time. I mean, neither of us put up any resistance. You know, we just, you know, we would toss around the idea of, I, I remember we would, when my, my brother did have children. We say, wow, that's, that looks like a lot of work. You know, we'd really talk about it in a negative tone. Neither, both of us would saying, oh, could you imagine being up all night and all that worry? And then I I remember, you know, uh, friends of ours had a, older friends of ours had, had a, had a child and, and we were so taken by it, you know, and fascinated by, you know, how this, this child was developing. We'd see them on a regular basis. So you kind of, evolve into it. It, it although it, the switch does flip you just start thinking and talking about children in a more positive way and that's sort of when you know it's time do you think the impacts of having your wife as a support and not being a single parent I mean I most I know I know generally this example may work the other way where a, um, a mother will raise if it, it's a single parenting um, situation a mother may raise without a father but in your situation it could exactly it could work and it does work out that way do you think you'd be as open to um like say pretend adopting a child without your wife's support and how so how did that dynamic of both of you together raising a child children really play into the situation well i think two parental figures is required to raise any child in a well-rounded rounded manner and i'll i'll, I'll give you an example is when uh, a child has to be disciplined, and it could be the mother or the father disciplining. And I, I'm not saying there's, you know, one has one role, one has the other. They're interchangeable. But if, just say, my my wife disciplined our children for some bad behavior, uh, the other parent needs to step in at some point to comfort that child and let them know the world's not coming to an end. You know, depending on their age, but. Th- and we would, you know, switch back and forth on these roles. But I think every child needs an offsetting, um, you know, if one parent is disciplining the child, there needs to be another parent showing some uh, comfort and, and, and compassion to that same child at some point not in the not-too-distant future. Definitely. And I, I obviously cannot speak much to this because, again, <laughs> I have no experience, but I, I totally understand um, that logic and reasoning and it, it makes sense. But at the same time, 
um, I greatly admire single single parents and the, how amazingly they are able to raise their children at the same time. So in no way are Trevor and I putting a blanket statement over saying that single parents are, are, are not adequate enough at all. We're not saying that at all. And it's a, quite the opposite, actually. That other parent, parental figure could be a grandfather, an uncle, a, a close family friend. But if that other person is there in their lives, I think it really makes a difference. Definitely having like the dynamic of, of more than that, just the parent in their life. Definitely. I agree. Like a lot of t- times a child needs to hear it from multiple sources to really believe something's true. So, you know, if, if they ask their mother a question and their mother says, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. And then maybe a day or two later, they ask their father and get the same answer then maybe that kind of validates their thinking. And I've experienced that multiple times with, with my three children. So I, it just that's just another example where multiple parental figures was really beneficial. Oh, and definitely. And both your parents are going to have different uh, point of views and different frames of reference and experiences that they will bring to the advice and opinions they give you. So th- again, as like with anything, definitely multiple opinions and multiple input is always better. So... I want to move on to now talking about before well, there's a couple more sections I want to jump into first is kind of the things that come before children or, or after. And this is what I really want to talk to you about. Um, so it, it, this is a, this is more moving to kind of the career centered discussion in that I first want to talk about the job economy right now. So we've done an episode on this in the past where we see so many part-time job and contract and temporary contract jobs. So, and this, this is real. We're moving away from full-time permanent life, that lifelong position. So how is that going to impact um, the financial security and maybe the willingness and ability for, for people to have and raise kids? Well, in Canada, Maternity leave is is exceptionally long, and I, I think it's a year. And they're they're talking about extending it even longer. I, I was reading in the news, and as a taxpayer, I'm a huge fan. That that's tax dollars well spent because I, I our society would only benefit from mothers or or fathers staying home for a whole year with their child. So I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Even though I'm not going to have children. I believe I'm going to directly benefit from that extended maternity leave. But with, with a part-time income, part-time jobs, it could actually benefit a, uh, a, a somebody starting out. And I'll, I don't want to be sexist, but I'm going to say, say a mother has a couple of part-time jobs and they just start, decide to start a family. Well, that mother could, could have the best of both worlds. She could have an income in one part-time job and then s- stay home the rather than work a second part-time job she stays home with her child so if the child's going to school during the day the mother works a part-time job during the day she's off you know in the afternoon or the father uh, so the, the the part-time job economy could cater to having the parents around their children more often that's a phenomenal point and it, it, it really brings in the idea of flexibility which i never have considered so i i love that point did like you won't be faced with the the tough decision, you know, do I give up this career job at this really great company to stay home and raise my child? That's a tough decision for a lot of people. And, uh, I know my, my wife, we, so we had twins. It was an easy decision, but when, if we only had one child, it it was going to be a tough decision to to decide whether she would stay home and raise that child or go to work and 
send her child off to daycare. And I like that you brought that up because that's exactly, I think, the point that maybe is is not is misunderstood is that maybe then it was it's all or nothing it's it's have kids or have your career but now with the flexibility and and really the evolving job market like you just said I think it's possible now to have both especially if you factor in telecommuting and um the plethora of alternative work schedules and the market is really accommodating the employers are really accommodating to to the kind of the more alternative work work schedules than the nine to five. Is that something new that you're seeing now or was parental leave and, and that the flexible work scheduling, was that as, as a parent when you started working Trevor? Uh, No, it would, it was just, I think it was a six month maternity leave only for the mother. It wasn't this parental leave. Definitely. And even now, you, like, part-time jobs are, are, are the norm regardless of your age or, or um, even the, the, income sal- the income or salary level. Part-time jobs are, or when I say part-time, I mean sh- shorter work days even. Um, so it's really not, it doesn't have to be the nine or, nine to five or, or nothing because employers are realizing that. I mean, I worked at one job where um, my, one of my colleagues got off work every day at 2.30 so she could go pick up her child and that's when her day ended. So it, she worked short days, she worked every single day, but short days and, and that worked for her. So I, I, I absolutely think that it, it's definitely, employers are making it easier for to have families and to take the time off that they need. I now want to talk about um, careers, starting your career. So did you feel that your career or professional life suffered at all? And I'm using suffered in quotes. I mean, it sounds a little bit negative, but was impacted by your decision to have a family. And how did you, how did you adjust for that? Because you said you even wanted to have kids earlier. So w- w- how important was your profession and your career in all of this? And, and how did you balance both? Well, I'm going to say things worked out remarkably well for me. So when I, I lived in the city and we had twins, I told the story before and the math wasn't going to work out. So we ended up moving to a, a smaller town where my wife could stay home and raise our children. And I ended up with a better job than I had in the city, a better paying job and a, a, a job that from a career standpoint was more rewarding. So it it actually advanced my career. But the what made me make that move was where I was working, I, I needed to, I needed to make more money. And so I needed to switch jobs when, when I, the family came along. So I, it, having children actually advanced my career. Whereas I maybe would have been a little more stagnant and not as, you know, that sometimes, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. So I needed to figure out a way to make more money to, to support my family. So I, I may not have pursued or take, taken the risks or the chances to advance my career without the need. And a lot of people would think the opposite. You know, they, their career was suffered because they had a family. I, I think the opposite for me. Wow. I, I, that, that, that right there is just a light bulb going off moment. I, I never looked at it that way. And that, but it's so true for your specific story. That is exactly how it played out. And, and, and you're right. Most people would think the opposite. Now, for me, the family always came first, not the job. So that may have limited my career advancement. So I obviously demonstrated to my employer that I wasn't willing to work, ex- you know, extremely long hours 
away from my family just f for this job or for advancement in my job. So in that respect, it probably was limiting, but I mean, that, that was a conscious decision I made. And were you okay with that? Did you feel like you've suffered professionally or are you okay with, with how things have shook out? Well, you know, a grandfather of mine once gave me, he told me a story. Like he, he gave me this advice. He said, uh, he says, I'm yet to meet somebody who says, boy, I wish I would have worked longer hours, you know, but he does, you run into people all the time and I still do saying, you know, I wish I would have spent more time with my family, you know, that, so I doubt I'll ever come to regret uh, that trade off I made. Oh, for sure. And it's, I, I love, I love that. I love what your, what your grandfather said. Do you think though that those who do value their profession or their career more would feel would feel that they're doing they're not really ba balancing both like they're doing their career profession in equity because they're not spending enough time devoted to something they love and do you think you were just lucky and being able to achieve that perfect balance and that you you enjoyed your family more than you enjoyed your career do and because i'm sure there are people out there who I mean, everyone loves their uh, loves people in their life, and, and probably the idea of starting a family. But I I feel like there's a little bit of a pull and tug if you enjoy your career maybe as much as if, as if you enjoy your family. Well, you know, you, you could also look at this in as a, I was selfish in in a way. So I know people they they you know they climb the corporate ladder and they try to make as much money as they possibly can to provide for their family, to provide them with all the comforts and luxuries in life. For me, I might, I may look actually in their eyes selfish, meaning I wanted to spend time with my family and in doing that, I earned maybe less money. So, and, and that was because I wanted to spend time with my family, not that I felt they needed me. So you could almost look at what I was doing as, as a selfish behavior, not, not a generous behavior. No, definitely. And I do want to touch on the fact, uh, for any of our listeners who are just joining us, um, Trevor Trevor it did study um, to get a C CGA, now recognized as a CPA designation as an accountant. So, Trevor, how did you balance um, schooling for that and raising a family? So, in your in your for you, you were essentially starting your having a career and I mean educating within your career, but you were doing both simultaneously, and it wasn't one before the other or one after the other. Well, the the absolute most stressful time in my life was I I had twins under the age of three and I had a newborn and I moved to a new town, to a new house, started a new job and I was in the final years of my uh, accounting certification studies. So they, that was a real stressful time. I really tested my, my mettle and... I don't know that I'd go through that again. That was a real challenge. The The new job was really demanding. The Getting used to the new town. and uh, I don't think I did a very good job in balancing that. I, I, I just sort of did blocks of time of family time, work time, study time. So it, it was a pretty tough stretch. But what I'm gathering is you didn't find it impossible and it was worth it. And and. So it is possible to balance all three at once. Uh, it felt pretty impossible at the time. <laughs> so I, I don't know that I would repeat that. I, w I would, I probably should have started my uh, my CPA studies a little earlier and been done those before I started having children. You know, if I, okay. if I had to re re 
sort of retrace those steps and, and do it differently. That would, I would absolutely change. Okay. So, so I'm gathering that career first, family second, just because I, I do equate your CPA to um, advancing in your career. So on with running with that. So your, to your question, that cannot be balanced. I, okay. I, I wasn't able to balance that. Okay. But that does support um, my further argument in that if if you are passionate about something, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw me into the mix. I am I'm gonna study to be a nutritionist. I have never been so passionate about anything else, um, the the nutrition. I I absolutely love it, and I really hope to do so much with it. I really want to further my career and 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 really delve into it as much as possible. And it's really what just consumes every waking moment of um of my interest. So. For me, I want to push and advance that career as much as possible. And and for me, and maybe some of our listeners who are so passionate about something, in 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 their mind, in my mind, having a family kind of breaks up and 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 quote unquote gets in the way of of living that passion in in that career because it's 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 more than just a job. It's it's a passionful career. Well, so I went into accounting. Um. I was somewhat interested in it, but what I what really drew me to accounting was, I there was no shortage of jobs, and no shortage of well-paying jobs, and I thought if I'm going to have a family, I need that that security. So, by by having this career in nutrition, and being that passionate about it, it's going to create a security blanket that you'll feel even more comfortable having a family when you reach that point knowing you have this solid uh, employment pros- prospects behind you that that you know you'll you'll always be able to support a family because my passion comes through so much yes okay no that's a that's a very valid point and I think again that supports so it, it won't get in the way of having family it's only going to enhance your your desire to have a family knowing you got this solid foundation to build it on I, I absolutely love love that point, and it really it goes along with our uh, episode we did a while ago on pursue your passion. Where, I mean, for you, it sounds like you maybe fell into something that just provided a, a sort. I mean, I mean, a means of income, but I it does it does sound like you do enjoy your profession. But if for for all of our listeners, the, there is like that episode we did. There's so much merit to pursuing your passion because, like like you just said, Trevor, it is only going to to make you succeed more and and really push you forward in um in in life and just see so much success. And you know, having an engaging career, w- kids learn a, a whole lot from watching their parents, not from what their parents tell them, but actually watching them. And if they see you so engaged in your work and so passionate about your job, you're actually doing them a world of good, a world of benefit by by just demonstrating that. So having that career will make you a a, a better role model for your children. Oh, for sure. And I think it's so important. I mean, as a child myself to see your parents be engaged in their career and enjoy their career and and really put themselves into their career because it inspires you to think positively about your own future and what you want to do. Well, the you know, the best way to make sure your kids learn the responsibility of having a job and contributing to society is actually by doing that yourself and showing them that this is normal behavior. I'm not uh, you know, somebody who, who was unemployed most of their lives while raising a family, that's going to seem normal to their children. And and they may 
you know, go down that same road subconsciously, like not, not knowing that, that this isn't normal. No. And that's a fabulous point. You really have to set exam by example. And because it's like the saying always, always goes that you can, you, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk and doing always does so much more than just telling or showing. You know, I've heard that, um, parents that have studied, you know, maybe went back to school late in their lives and their, and their kids are say teenagers and they've gone back to school to get a second degree or something. I've read that those children ex- exposed to seeing their parents study go on to a higher education statistically more often than, than kids that didn't. So you may, you may, you know, if you're studying for a second career and a second degree later in life, it may look like you're, you're detracting from your family because you're so busy studying, but just them seeing you study is motivating them to study. Oh, absolutely. I love that point because it's, it's so true that kids are so um, inspired by and, and really pay attention to what their parents do and, and really internalize that. So I totally believe that. It's a great point. I do want to talk about the idea of self-focus and, and the idea of being so focused. I mean, I, I guess we'll just play into how, I, uh, how I'm feeling right now in this stage of my life in that I am, I'm heading into school for nutrition. I just finished my undergrad. I am focused on all the things that are so important to me that bring value to my life. And, and I know a family does bring value to people's lives as well. I'm not, not saying it doesn't, but it should, in my personal opinion, if, if a family is not within your realm of things that you want to focus on, I think that's okay because in my mind, I can't imagine room right now for for focusing on anything else other than me. And again, I know that sounds so, so uh, maybe a selfish or very, uh, very, very kind of closed minded because you're just thinking about yourself. But at what point do you start thinking about the importance of other people in your life and and opening your focus up to to more? Well, you know, it's funny thing is, I can spot somebody. If I if I just meet a stranger or, or or a friend of a friend, and I talk to them for I'll say ten minutes, I can quickly tell that whether they have children or don't, even if the the topic of children doesn't come up, because of that self focus that you're you're talking about. But uh, what what are what are the signs and signals? I'm interested in this. Well, there's a lot of eyes in everything they say, and a lot of their concerns seem may seem petty to somebody who's got kids to worry about you know, some of the things they worry about. And I, I I can't even put my finger on what it is, but I can always tell somebody, and I'm not judging them, you know, because the, the switch never flipped, that that's not a bad thing. I, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying I can tell when I'm speaking to somebody who's my age but doesn't have children. It, it just shows through. But when you do have children, you you're always, I'll use this term mothering, you're always mothering. And when those children grow up and, and, and move out, that switch doesn't flip off. You know, you'll see older people, they, they'll get pets and they'll treat their pets like, like they treated their kids. Or you'll see um, uh, them, uh, uh, maybe a wife mothering her husband, you know, worrying about things that clearly this man could take care of himself, but his wife is worrying about, you know, has he had lunch yet? Has he had dinner yet? Are you warm? Do you need your slippers? I, I see this stuff, and and so you 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 talk about it like it's a burden, caring about somebody other than yourself. But once that flips, 
that switch flips, you, you can't turn it off. You just naturally care about other people or other things than yourself. And it, it it's not like it's work. It's just, it's just what you do. Oh yeah. And I know my view about it's a little, it's a little ignorant just because the flip, the switch hasn't flipped. So I totally understand that. But I do like the idea that you grow into this empathetic, compassionate human being that kind of thinks about other things. Like, do you think you probably would not have been, be the man today you are now without that family that has really challenged you and pushed you to to excel in your career and, and and give you has it given you another kind of purpose in life like do you think you would have been as driven to do the things that you've done if it was just for you and your wife and not for your kids well, I, I think my life would have been incredibly boring and uneventful and shallow without children my particular life I'm not judging anybody else's you know I, I, I kids have added an incredible level of meaning to my life so I'll give an example I used to I used to take my kids to, I'll say, music lessons as an example. And it really seemed important, and I wouldn't miss that. I, I had this thing where I took piano lessons with my daughter. It was sort of a father-daughter piano lessons. And I felt like I was doing uh, such meaningful work doing that. And then later on, I became an empty nester, and I, I took up uh, um, a music program for adults. And it just seemed like such a waste of time. I... I I, I don't get what, you know, this is, I'm just putting in time, but it, it seems so meaningless. So doing things for or with your children, it seemed to have purpose. And it, it, I could muster up the energy to do it no matter what. But then to do that same activity for myself just seems like, you know, why am I bothering? That's so fascinating in that maybe you have gone places, seen things, done things, very insignificant things that maybe you wouldn't have experienced otherwise if it wasn't for your children because you wouldn't have the reason to. Simple things like sledding down a hill in winter or going to the zoo or little meaningful things like that that enrich your life through both doing it yourself but also through enjoying it through your children's eyes. Well, we I, sometimes when the kids are younger, we just go out for a walk to you know to get the kids some fresh air, get the kids some exercise. Well, it turns out adults need that too, but... I I rarely get motivated to do that for myself, but I, I would do it in a heartbeat for my kids. That's amazing. I, I really, I enjoy, I enjoy that dynamic in that it's, it's, you wouldn't think, I mean, of course you do anything for people you care about, but I, I really like how your perspective shifted. Obviously it had to when you had kids and, and how it even still is apparent now that you're an empty nester. And it really, I, it, it's apparent how it just impacts everything you do now. I want to move now on to the nuts and bolts of having kids. So I'm talking about expenses. So I want to lead into this by saying that it's important. Everyone, all our listeners can probably agree that it is important to set your kid up and give them this legacy that they deserve. So in saying that, I don't think that it, it it's possible to put a blanket statement down and say that, oh, having kids if the lights if the switch does flip having kids for for you is is something you should do because i really do think that you have to and again this is this is my ignorant self who the switch hasn't flipped saying this but in that i think you really need to evaluate yourself and and evaluate if you have the means to properly raise this raise your child and, and give them what they deserve to succeed because if I mean, if you raise your child in an environment, they're going to carry that, that their legacy that you have given to them onwards. And 
to it's it's like the whole the whole education debate i mean if you educate one generation you're just going to pass education down the chain well you know you're 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 describing you know if you're raising a child in a in a state of poverty you know would be a bad thing is kind of what you're suggesting is that what you're yeah and i I'm not at all diminishing the fact that everyone deserves a family and everyone deserves that happiness, but just, just, yeah. What are the merits behind, I guess, um, raising a child in a more low income family? So, so the true definition of poverty is not a lack of money. It's a lack of opportunity. And so in my example, I had a lack of money, but when I had a family, I said, I need to get more money. And I, I I pursued education to have us you know always have a, a a stable job. I'll go back to necessity as a mother of invention. If you have children, you will figure out a way to provide for them. It, it, you cannot wait until you have this huge pool of money and this paid for house and and all the luxuries and toys, and then say, okay, I'm gonna have a family because you know what you're gonna be in your late forties by then, and you got to ask yourself. I'm not, I'm not passing judgment, but you know, how much energy are you going to have to, to, to devote to young children when, the, when they're like, I don't know, in their early teens in your, you know, in your fifties. So I, I, I just, I, I think, so in Canada, I don't think po- the true, the true definition of poverty in Canada, this is the land of opportunity. So talking about the level of income then, at what at what point how did how did your wife go about thinking about oh the, the, we're looking at your your budget looking at your finances and it, did that did the finances even cross the path of family and and to what extent well you know i i knew i'd i'd work two or three jobs if i had to to raise my family like i i knew in my mind i would do whatever it took to provide for my family so i never questioned the financial side of it I knew but I, did you but did you stop and look at your finances and look at what shape they were in and because how, how could, could you did you put a price I again this this is the topic the title of today's episode price tag I, when you want to go buy um, a vehicle or, or anything and you don't want to put it on credit you you can you can only purchase it if there's enough sitting in your bank account so how did you how did you just did you did you what was the process i guess of just looking at your finances and like oh yeah we have enough or oh yeah we because i mean you even raised twins so i that, that's a whole separate conversation about the double the expenses all at once but how how did that work well so we we you know we we bought a house i had a mortgage but i mean at least we we knew we weren't going to get evicted uh we had a car and I, we thought, okay, we we can afford this. Let let's have let's have a kid, and lo and behold, we had twins. So that that was the perfect example of, you know, I I probably figured I could afford one, but I ended up with two, and you know what? It, it still worked out. I figured figured out a way to make it work. I needed two high chairs. I needed two car seats. I needed two of everything. You just you just figured a way to get it done. And I guess because you are making these quote unquote sacrifices or or decisions for these two little um, human beings that it's it's worth it. Well, you just said it. The sacrifices. So we ramped down our lifestyle to whatever it took to to provide for our children. You know. But but at the same time, you might not have done that if it wasn't again if it wasn't a necessity. Oh, absolutely. No, nobody would ramp down their lifestyle if they didn't have to. And I, I think I think. 
adversity, we always say that facing adversity is so important. And I'm not saying having kids is a facing adversity, but that's one thing that having, having a family and being a parent, I think definitely puts you through, it puts you through this little obstacle course of, of life. And it doesn't, it definitely opens up what you worry about and the decisions you have to make. And, and it does, I'm it adds, I, I can't believe such a layer of complexity that not having a family does because the things you're, again, the decisions you're making um, relate to personal finance and, and, and what you decide to buy and do are definitely a little bit more more broader than just thinking about yourself. Well, you know, I don't think it gets any more complex. Things just get prioritized. So it's a strange thing. Working in corporate finance, uh, a grade two math test was far more important to me than some financial forecast I was working on at work. So I just, it's not that it was any more complicated. I just, in my mind, I mean, you can only do one thing at a time. So helping my child with their grade two math test was far more important than any any work-related thing that I, I had in front of me. I, I, this isn't directly related to uh, to finance, but the the your your kids obviously learn so much from you and are so inspired by you but does it did it work the other way around for you are you a different person and have they really allowed made you grow has it has it worked both ways well I wasn't very good at this but my wife kept, always kept saying you got to slow down to the kids pace you know you got to slow down slow down and whenever I did slow down to their pace it was usually the most enjoyable time you know if it, if we were on a vacation and I'd be really let you know let's go and, and see all these attractions and my wife would say let's slow it down to the kids pace and, and let them see the attractions so if anything I learned from them was to just slow life down and I, I that's definitely something you might not have learned as easily without your children I so I, I love that and I'm sure all of our listeners too our parents can each each have their own little piece of inspiration that they've taken away so I, we did touch on my last point about the estimating a cost of expenses and that it sounds like more you just have to cross those bridges when you get there. And I mean, it's it's we I, it's apparent to everyone that the, the basic cost, I mean, diapers and you need that high chair and the car seat and and, um, I, and it's not crazy. You can brainstorm down the road to think about post-secondary education and all the other little activities along the way. So was that kind of something that just you kind of faced it when you got there? Well, the one thing I like to, when I talk about the cost of raising kids, I like to talk about the incremental cost. So, I mean, whether three people live in my house or two people live in my house, it doesn't change the cost of owning this house, paying the property tax, heating it. You might use a little more water, a little more electricity, but marginally. So, and then, you know, feeding a a family of two or feeding a family of three, it, it doesn't cost, you know, a third more the incremental cost of raising a family is not as expensive. Now, you mentioned the things that, obviously, if you don't have kids, you don't need a car seat or a high chair or diapers. But over overall, if you look at the whole lifespan of a child, the incremental cost of having that extra body in your family is not that is not that big, I, I don't think. And uh, this is my question to you. Do you think it starts becoming a little, little sticky, a little hairy when your priorities aren't shifted over when you have kids. So whatever your hobbies and interests are, if, I mean, did you feel like you had to drop them? Um, I mean, you, 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 
you you said earlier that you uh, take me you were in a part of a musical group so pretend that you wanted to acquire a lot of instruments but couldn't because of your children so did you feel like you had to sacrifice I mean instruments is just a small example I mean you you have said in the past you're into woodworking so did did those expenses that you had to kind of put into into your children did they detract from you pursuing your passions and your hobbies well actually I used to golf before kids and then I gave up golf because it just didn't make sense with with the kids um, but with the music thing when my kids got old enough I I got them into music I I bought my, uh, you know, I bought a drum set, a couple of guitars and a bass, and we'd mess around with the instruments with the kids. So you can incorporate the kids into your activities. Is, is I highly recommend that approach. And, we, you know, I, we ended up doing things like, you know, bicycling and, and whatever the kids were capable of doing, that's what we would do. And those just naturally overlapped with uh, what you, you like to do. You've been saying before we started recording that your son is now into um in woodworking just like you are so i'm sure that again opens now a door of um of things to talk about and things to do together yeah he's he's actually he's embraced it more than i think i ever did so he i'm actually gonna end up learning from him and that right there is just I, i think what i'm gathering just the one of the many benefits i'm seeing of having children yeah you 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 get your eyes open to a lot of things you wouldn't otherwise have seen and I, there's the things we activities we did. I I remember one thing. My my s- children were in in scouts, and we went to visit a dairy farm. Well, you know what? I would have never been to a dairy farm without those kids, and it was just fascinating. I mean, I've never been on a farm, and I, I was just taken by it. I just milk will never look the same again. <laughs> and do you see? Have you seen friends or colleagues that try to uphold their pre-family life? And, and 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 their family life at the same time and how does how do they does the juggling act even work or do you when you start a family do you just have to lay your cards on the table and pick up a new hand well anybody i know who tries to maintain their existing lifestyle and i'll use golf as a good example i i hear a lot of negative uh, talk between the spouses if i know both of them and i i have a, f- a couple of friends that golf on a regular basis and they've never stopped golfing and I, I sense a lot of resentment from their wives that they that they get stuck holding the bag more often than not. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it, it, what about when you were younger and just starting that family? Because I feel like there's that giant transition period where you're moving from this this life where you didn't have a family to a life where you did have a family. Did you have any friends early on who weren't adjusting the way you and your wife were? Yeah, our, our friendships seem to transition to those people that had children. So uh, as I mentioned, in my circle of friends, I was the first one to have kids. And I, I sort of lost touch with a lot of friends. And then as they started having kids, we started connecting with them again. And so we, we'd end up doing just kid-related things with those people. And, and we sort of uh, lost touch with the people that never did have kids. But that's just, I guess, with like any other hobby or interest or even surrounding yourself with uh, people who add value to your life and creating these positive relationships and that like-minded people always seem to um, come together. Well, and part of it was just the cost of having children. You, I couldn't afford to do the things those people that didn't have kids were doing, like, uh, you know, weekends away skiing and... Oh, for sure. Definitely. So 
Trevor, we're coming to the end of this episode. I mean, it's running a little bit long, but I think we've talked about so many incredible points. And honestly, I came into today's episode with the mind frame that there is a hundred percent. There's always a price tag or a financial cost of having kids, but I'm now coming to see, and hopefully our listeners have gathered the same kind of insight that I have, that there is a lot of benefits of having kids. And while there is a financial cost, you can't really put a price tag on it. And I really like the conclusion that we've come to today and the, and the great discussion we've had. Do you have any final closing thoughts on um, today's topic? Yeah. If, if having children was, was based on math, the human race would be extinct today. And I definitely think that is what we have, we've, we've gathered today and hopefully our listeners have too. So that brings us to the end of today's question episode where we asked the question, can you put a price tag on having or raising kids? Thank you so much for being here with us this week. We'll see you back here next Monday. Until next week, keep it simple. Keep it simple.